0: You are listening to the Bellator Christi podcast brought to you by bellatorchristi.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas.
1: so much about the blessings of having a good Christian father as Ashley has already as well. Uh, But I want us to take a look also at at, uh, the heavenly father that we have. Back in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 1, uh, we're entering into a a situation here where uh, the children of Israel had been rescued from the bondage of Egypt and they're getting ready to go into an area called Kadesh Barnea. And the only problem is... Is uh, Well, God tells them, he says, you're going to go into this. This is leading into eventually where you'll enter into the promised land. The only problem is most of the Hebrews were probably around my height. Which is five foot eight. I promise you. Yes, according to the doctor, I'm five foot eight. It may not seem like it. But I'm just barely there, Crystal. I'm just barely there, but I'm there. At least according to the doctor. Of course, I may have shrunk some, but anyhow, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm claiming. I'm going to stick to it. But uh, nonetheless, most of the Hebrews were probably my height. Now, and they're looking at a group of people called the Amorites, who were a, who were kin to Goliath, and these folks were very tall, very large. And so God is telling them they're going to go in this area of Kadesh Barnea and they're going to, they're going to take over this area. This is going to lead them towards the promised land. And so the, these guys, they send out spies and they look around and they say, Huh? <laughs> do you want us to go in there? To face those people? These guys are huge. God, are you crazy? There's no way we can do this but God says you can through my power. So we're going to start in verse 29 and read through verse 20, uh, excuse me, verse 33. And we encourage all those who can and are able to, to please stand uh, in honor of the reading and hearing of God's precious holy word. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 29 through 33. Now God spe- is speaking through Moses. And he says, he says, he goes on to say, he says, Then I said to you, Do not be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you. Aren't you glad about that? God will fight for you. He will fight for you. And so uh, he says, so don't be terrified or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son in all the way that you went until you came to this place. Yet for all that, you did not believe the Lord your God, who went in the way before you to search out a place for you to pitch your tents to show you the way you should go in the, in the fire by night and in the cloud by day. Dear kind and of gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and what it means to us. And Lord, we just simply ask this morning that you would just merely use me as your vessel, that through your Holy Spirit you would allow me to speak the words that need to be spoken and hold back any words that don't need to be spoken. And in and through it all, Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes that we would see, our ears that we would hear, and our hearts that we will apply these truths and be better for it. For it's in Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Often we dads are, uh, are, are stretched beyond our, our comfort zones. You know, a lot of times we'll help our children do, do, uh, do homework and things of that nature. And uh, I haven't encountered it yet, but I'm dreading the day that uh, Grayson brings home algebra homework because I always stunk at algebra. They always wanted you to find the missing X, and I rarely ever found it. I mean, I don't know where that X went. But uh, nonetheless, I dread the day that he starts bringing home algebra homework. But this one first grader, uh, he, he, he was quizzed by his teacher, and, that, and he was learning how to count. And the teacher asked him, uh, have, you, have you learned to count? And he said, uh, yes, 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 ma'am, uh, my dad taught me how to count. Uh, just the other night, he taught me, uh, Saturday night, he taught me how to count. And she says, well, that's great. Let me test you on this. She said, um, what comes after 2? And he says, well, that's easy, 3. Well, good. What comes after 7? He says, that's easy. Uh, after 7 comes 8. She says, well, what comes after 9? She says, ten. he said, 10. 10 comes after 9. She says, well, that's very good. Your dad did a great job. What are the numbers that come after 10? And he said, oh, those are my favorite because coming after 10 is the jack, the queen, the king, and the ace. <laughs> she said, how did your dad teach you how to, how to count? Oh, by playing poker Saturday night. <laughs> I don't know that she was as impressed by the father's teaching skills after that when she learned that. But today in this passage of scripture, God addresses the Hebrew people. He's telling him, he's telling these people that you're going to go in the area of this Kadesh Barnea. You're going to go in this area and you're going to face these Amorites. This is leading you eventually to the point in time that you will enter into the promised land. But as I mentioned before, that they sent these spies out and they saw the size of these Amorites and they thought to themselves, there is no way whatsoever that we can win this battle. And God got a little aggravated with them because of their lack of faith. But in the end, he would lead them through, of course they, they spent 40 years in the, in the wilderness, where only, it would have only taken them only a few weeks or a few months had they trusted God to enter into the promised land. But despite all of that, God still loved his children, he still had compassion on them, and eventually one day they did enter into the promised land. This message today is going to look at four different attributes of a loving father that we see through our heavenly father. And the challenge is for us as earthly fathers that we seek to the best of our abilities as inspired by the Holy Spirit to demonstrate these same characteristics, these same attributes to our children and to those we encounter. And you may be here today and maybe you're not a father, but I want to tell you that as a Christian, you still have a powerful impact upon young people. You can have a positive impact or you can have a negative impact. And and the goal is, is that we as believers would have a strong, powerful impact upon the youth, the next generation that's coming along down the pipes. So the first thing we see is that a good father, first and foremost, comforts his family. And we see this in verse 29. Look what he compassionately says to the people. They were terrified of the thought of going and facing these Amorites. These guys were huge. These guys were like Andre the Giant on steroids. These guys were huge, enormous. And But God says to them, do not be terrified or afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. Despite the size of these individuals, I and bigger. And aren't you glad about that? No matter what problem we may encounter in life, whether it's a health issue, a financial issue, whether it's a family issue, whether it's a problem with friends or loved ones, God is bigger than your problems. Aren't you glad about that? And that's the comfort we find in the Word of God, that God is greater than any problem we may face in this life. Dallas Willard tells the story of one Robert C. McFarland, in the 1970s, uh, he had moved from California to Oklahoma in 1970, but before doing so, uh, he, he, uh, he had had do his agency had to acquire an insurance company down in the Long Beach area of California. He didn't want to acquire this this insurance company, but due to some bad dealings with a friend of his, he had to take this over because he had invested in this company, otherwise he would have lost a lot of money and a lot of people would have been unemployed. So he took it upon himself to take over this insurance company, not by his desire, but by necessity. But by doing so, he was stressed to the max. He didn't know how in the world he was going to be able to to help this insurance company. He didn't know how in the world he was going to be able to see things through as there were multiple, multiple problems this company was facing in addition to his own company uh, that he had going on as well. But one day, he came upon uh, Rolling Hills Covenant Church in Southern California. And while there, he received Christ as his Savior. And after receiving Christ as a Savior, a few weeks passed. Things just continued to get worse and worse in this company. And as he was driving down to the Long Beach office, he came upon a, a fork in the road. And he told himself, I just want to turn left here and keep driving and forget, forget all the problems associated with my family, forget all the problems associated with this business, and I'm just going to leave it all. I'm going to disappear from the map and just, just go in a different direction. But he said that he heard that still small voice, the voice of God, saying, Robert, pull off to the side of the road. And so he did. And that still small voice, the voice of God, spoke to his heart and said, My son Jesus encountered far more difficulties than you'll ever face. And he turned to me, his heavenly father, in such a time as this. You need to do the same. And so Robert, at that point in time, he poured out his heart into God Almighty. And he said once he finished praying, he felt a new strength come upon him that he had never experienced before in his life. And he drove to that Long Beach office encountered 22 major problems. But by the grace of God, by the end of that encounter, they had solved all of those problems, those major problems and even that, And, and by the grace of God found a solution to that. The comfort that God affords to us is unlike anything that we'll ever experience in life. If we will turn to Him, there's no problem that's too great for us to overcome, not by our own strength, but by the power and grace of Almighty God. Jesus tells us in Matthew 10, 28, Don't fear those who can kill the body alone, but fear the one who can kill both body and soul in hell. So that tells me there's not a problem on this earth. There's not a situation on this planet that is too large for God to take care of. And that is my uh, my encouragement to you, that you would trust upon the comforting presence of Almighty God. And also, fathers, I would say to you as we can take from this that we too need to comfort our families. When they're going through a time of distress and time of trouble, let them know about the comfort that God provides and provide them that same comfort to our own abilities. Number two, a good father fights for his family. Aren't you glad that God fights for us? God, he fights our battles. And we see this in verse 30. The Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all he did for you in Egypt, before your eyes and in the wilderness when you saw how the Lord your God carried you. We'll talk about that in a moment. God being the good father he is, tells the Hebrews, you don't have to fight this battle alone. I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you always. You don't have to fight this battle alone. We, uh, Wednesday A couple Wednesday nights ago, uh, we talked about uh, Craig Keener's book. He has a two-volume work called Miracles, The Credibility of the New Testament Accounts. And what he does in this two-volume work is he lists hundreds of examples of how God has done similar miracles today as he has back in the times past, back in the biblical days. And he tells one story of, of a, an individual who was a former director of a world's missions for a Lutheran body, reports that only one town in a particular region of China was not defeated by a particular army that came through. And they, and they when they come upon this city, uh, the people were coming to this Christian individual who was held as a hostage, a United States hostage, and asked him, how is it? that uh, this, this army didn't come in. He, he, they were asking this Christian individual, who did you contact? Why is it that there's this wall set about the city? Why is it that there's all these glistening soldiers around this town so that this other army can't come in? What's going on? And the Christian didn't know what they were talking about. He just simply said, well, I've been praying for protection that God would protect this city. Apparently, he must have sent his angels. No one else saw them but the opposing armies. And, beloved, I want to tell you this. When God fights your battles for you, you will overcome. Amen? Because you have the power of God fighting on your side. If we try to understand this, a lot of times, and I've been there, and I'm probably preaching to myself more than I am anyone else, a lot of times we walk around with a chip on our shoulder, don't we? We walk around with a chip on our shoulder and we think that we're the baddest thing that's ever faced this earth. We think that, there's, that we can face anything on our own. But I want to tell you that's a lie from the pits of hell. Amen? Because there are several things in this life that we cannot battle on our own. We have no power over the time that God calls our soul home. We have no power about what happens in the afterlife. We have no power, you know, when that t- tornado came through, we had no power to control that or to stop it or to steer it. But we trusted and depended upon God and praise God, to my knowledge, no one was killed. And we went down and rode around and the destruction that happened there was unbelievable. But not a person was killed. I want to tell you, in my opinion, that's a miracle. Amen? That's a miracle. As a matter of fact, we rode around just yesterday looking at uh, some of the destruction that took place, looking around at uh, Linda and Crystal's home and, and many other homes in that area, just thanking God that no one was killed because of the destruction of that storm. Beloved, if we think for a moment that we can take on the things of this life by ourselves, we're only trusting upon our strength, which is very small. But if we trust upon the strength of God and let him fight our battles for us, beloved, we have omnipotence on our side. Paul writes in Romans 12, 19, he says, Do not avenge yourselves, brothers. Instead, leave room for God's wrath, because it is written, Vengeance belongs to me, I will repay, says the Lord. Let God take care of your troubles. Let God take care of your trials, because understand this, if we live lives of revenge and just seeking to revenge ourselves, avenge ourselves because of what any one person has done to us, we're going to live a bitter life. But if we trust to depend upon the power of God, we're freed from that. Amen? We don't have to worry about that anymore. We can trust and depend upon God and know that He's going to take care of us. He's going to fight our battles for us. And when He fights our battles, things going to, things work out a lot better. Beloved, I wish I could, as I send my son to school, I honestly wish I could send him in a bubble. One of those strong plastic bubbles air-conditioned bubbles so that no one could hurt him, so that he wouldn't get hurt at school, so that, that, that he wouldn't encounter this hardship. But I know that's impossible. But I've learned as a father to trust upon God's protection because he can protect my family far more than I can. So that's my prayer today, that we as fathers would trust upon the power of God to protect our families and pray for our families often. Number three, a good father carries his family, in verse 31. And in the wilderness, God says, where you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son and all the way that you went until you came to this place. This word used here for carried is the Hebrew term yisai'ish, which literally means to, to, to put someone on your back and carry them along. It also can mean lifting up and encouraging a person It can also mean taking someone else's burdens upon yourself. And uh, that's what God does for us. This is what he's telling the Hebrews, and I think in turn telling all of his children, that he will carry us, much like that beautiful poem. You remember the poem Footprints? Remember that beautiful poem where a person's going through bad times and he looks back upon his life and says, Jesus, why is it that during the hardest times of my life there's only one set of footprints? And he says, Jesus says to the man, "That's when I was carrying you through." And beloved, aren't you glad we have a Savior that carries us through the difficulties of life? Now, I, I can, I can. Uh Think about something similar that happened here. i got to pick on Grayson a little bit. He was a little bitty at this time. He was about probably two or three, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken. A r- real little bitty. And he watched several shows on uh, PBS and different things about dinosaurs. Remember this? And so we took him down to the zoo in Asheboro. And uh, we went to, they had this dinosaur exhibit, had these lifelike dinosaurs. Well, there's a difference between cartoon dinosaurs and lifelike dinosaurs. These things were pretty intimidating, I have to admit. And so we go in this, there's only one way you can enter and only one way you can exit. And bless his heart, he was terrified. And so what I did is I lifted him upon my shoulders and carried him through that little exhibit. And uh, as we went through, you know, he still was scared, so his legs started tightening like an anaconda around my neck. So I started losing breath, you know, dropping down, trying to get my bearings about me, and so uh, when we finally got out of that exhibit, we, I had to sit down for a minute to get the blood flowing back to my brain, that, that boy has some powerful legs, let me tell you, but, uh, but that's a similar example of what God does for us. During the difficulties of life, He carries us upon His back. He carries us upon His shoulders, helping us through the problems of life. The believers should understand two realizations. Number one, that God has the power to help anyone through any situation, no matter what you're facing today, God has that power. And number two, human beings cannot solve all their problems on their own. We must trust and depend upon the power of God. When we pray and we ask God to intervene, beloved, we have omnipotence on our side. We only have a limited amount of power in our lives. But when we trust and depend upon God Almighty, we have the power of God fighting for us. And beloved, I don't know about you, but that's a power that's unmatched in this universe today. So a good father... Uh, comforts his family, fights for his family, carries his family, but we also see that a good father loves his family. We see in verses 32 and 33 that God says, Yet for all of that you did not believe the Lord your God, who went in the way before you to search out a place for you, to pitch your tents, to show you the way you should go, in the fire by night and in the cloud by day. Now, later on in the chapter... They have kind of a second thought. So they think, Well, we'll go up and we'll fight these guys on our own power. And he says in verse 42, The Lord said to me, Tell them, do not go up nor fight, for I am not among you, lest you be defeated before your enemies. Even when they had rejected God's wisdom, even when they had rejected the presence of God, the Holy Spirit of God, God still loved them and he didn't want to see them defeated. He didn't want to see them butchered. He didn't want to see them obliterated. He still loved them, even though, even though they had turned their backs upon him. Now, beloved, I wish I had this type of love in my life. You know, uh, I try, I strive, you know, to try to have this love. But when someone smacks you on the face, it's hard to turn the other cheek. Amen. Anyone else there? Tell me, I'm not alone here. Whew! I was getting a little worried there. <laughs> someone smacks you on the one side of the cheek; it's not easy to turn the other side. It's not easy to have the love that God has for us. But that's the type of love we see throughout the scriptures. In the Old Testament, many people make God out to be some type of ogre in the Old Testament, but that's not the way he was. Even when the people had turned their back upon him, he still loved them and cared for them and wanted to see them come to salvation. He didn't give up on them. If he had, Jesus would have never come. But Jesus came to save the world of their sins. A lot of times we're we're like uh, this guy named Oli, and uh, Oli and Olga, and uh, this Oli and Olga lived on a farm in Iowa, and Oli was not a very emotional person. He was not the one to buy cards, God <laughs> tease Got one to buy cards or, or gifts and things of that nature. But but he he loved Olga, he really did. But Olga was just she was just needing some affection. She dolled herself up and she came prancing into the room one day. And Oli just kept reading his newspaper, didn't even turn, didn't even bat an eye. And she was fed up. Olga said to Oli, "Olly, why don't you tell me you love me? And Oli looked at her just from his newspaper and he said very stoically, he says, Olga, I told you when I first married you, I loved you. If I ever change my mind, I'll be sure to let you know. <laughs> now that's probably not the model we need to have, guys, in our relationships. But nevertheless, we we see this highest form of love that God has. Now, love is emotional. I understand that. I'm not saying that there's not some emotion to it because there is. But when you look at the love that God has for us, it's called agape love. It's an unconditional love. It's a love not of emotion, but it's a love of choice. Think about this. Your heavenly Father chose to love you with an everlasting love. And that love will never fade. Amen? You may feel unloved in life, but understand God's love for you will never fade. Even when you turn your back upon Him, He loves you. There's even a story in the Old Testament of a prophet named Hosea. And he married this woman named Gomer. No, not Gomer Powell. At all have a saying, well, golly, if that was the case. But now this woman named Gomer, this woman named Gomer, and she was not faithful to him at all. She, she ran around on him. She was unfaithful to him. But Hosea, uh, led by God, took her back when she repented of her sins, and that itself served as an example of God's love for us. Through that book, we see that idolatry is adultery against God when we have anything else in life that we place to the level of God we're committing adultery against God but even still what we see through that that amazing story through the prophet Hosea is despite when that happens when we repent of our sins and we come back to God God still takes us back what an amazing God we serve what a loving God we serve what an amazing love that he has for us in fact we see throughout Scripture that the Bible tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It wasn't when we were dressed up and put on fancy clothes and lived a good life that Christ died for us, but it was while we were in the muck and mire of sin that Christ died for us to bring us out of that depravity, to bring us to salvation. Fathers, may we strive to show the love to our children, or families, that God shows to us. And that's what Paul tells us in, I believe it's 1 Timothy, if I'm not mistaken, and in Ephesians as well, that uh, that we need to love our spouses as Christ loves the church. Let me close with this. A father and son were traveling down a country road in springtime. And there was this bumblebee that had entered the car somehow or another. And this little young boy was terrified because he was allergic to bees and he knew that if he, were, if he were, to be stung, were to be stung that he would have an allergic reaction so he was terrified he was going out of his mind so the father being the loving father that he was took his jacket off and covered his son while the bee was flying around the father grabbed hold of the bee but then finally released it and the son was still terrified as this thing was buzzing around and the father looked at the son and said son I want, you can take comfort A bumblebee can only sting you once. Look at my hand. I took the sting for you. He can't sting you anymore. And beloved, I think that's the same story we find through Jesus Christ. That he took upon his hands, upon his feet, upon his body, our sins because of the love that he has for us. A love that transcends any love that we'll ever experience in life. The love of God is unlike anything that you will ever know in life. Christ did the same thing that that father did for his son. He took away the sting of death. He took away the sting of sin. He took away the penalties of sin so that you can live in eternity with him, full and free. And because of that, beloved, to live as Christ, to die is gain. We're a winner either way, amen? And that's a comfort that we can have because of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Fathers, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you do. I'm proud to say we have a lot of good fathers here at Huntsville Baptist Church. Amen? Amen. That was weak. Amen? Amen. 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 (laughs) So we want to thank the Lord for each and every one of our fathers here today. But most importantly, I want to direct you towards the love that the Heavenly Father has for you. And if you're here today and you've never received Christ as your Savior, I want to encourage you to come down and receive Him before it's eternally too late. You may say, Pastor, you don't know the things I've done. I I don't need to know, and God already does, but he still loves you anyhow. So won't you come down and receive his salvation today? If you're here today, maybe you're struggling with some issues and you'd like to lay it down at the feet of Christ here at this altar. We encourage you to do that as well. Or maybe you'd like to come and join the ministry of Huntsville Baptist Church. Whatever God is saying and doing in your heart and life, we just encourage you to come as the Holy Spirit leads. to kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for all the bountiful blessings in life. We thank you for your love that transcends our understanding. It's, it's, it's really difficult for us to even picture or, or even illustrate uh, the type of love that you have for us because it's a love that, that really, in, in the end, none of us could ever give. The love that you have for us. And so we just encourage you, Lord, today just just to shower down upon each and every
0: Podcasts do not necessarily represent those of BellatorChristy.com or its affiliates. The Bellator Christy podcast is a production of BellatorChristy.com and is protected under Creative Commons copyright. All rights reserved. The theme song is Crucified, written by John and Michaela Lemonese, performed by Crosby Lane, and produced by Mansion Entertainment.
2: Are you looking for something that will train you in Christian apologetics, but you don't have time to commit to a long-term program? Do you want to learn more about the philosophical, scientific, and historical reasons for the Christian faith? If you answered yes, then plan to attend the 25th National Conference on Christian Apologetics entitled Defending a Faith That Thinks. It will be held October 13th and 14th at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, sponsored by Southern Evangelical Seminary. Among the speakers include Michael Brown, Norman Geisler, Gary Habermas, Kim Ham, Richard Howe, Greg Kokel, J.P. Morland, SES President Richard Land, Jay Richards, Hugh Ross, Frank Turrick, J. Warner Wallace, and more than 30 additional speakers. Early bird pricing lasts until August 1st. For more information, go to conference.ses.edu. I plan to be at the 25th National Conference on Christian Apologetics. I hope to see you there. Once again, this is October 13th and 14th at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Go to conference.ses.edu. The National Conference on Christian Apologetics, defending the faith of
0: great nation was built on these simple principles. So was our university. Find your greatness at Liberty. Online or on campus, discover more at liberty.edu. It's the difference between a job and a career.